When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. This week, we have Tony Sternberg from ProsperStack. And Tony's company specializes in the subscription model. And specifically, we're going to be talking to him about how to offboard. What happens when a customer decides to leave doing business with you? And by the way, you do not have to be in the subscription world to appreciate the insights he's about to share. Everyone needs to do some of what Tony is talking about when it comes to your customers leaving you. A few quick announcements before we dive into the interview. And if you've heard this show before, you know what's happening now. If you've got an amazing story you'd like to share or a question that you have, please reach out to me to any of the social media channels. I'm pretty much everywhere. And if it is a question, make sure you use the hashtag Ask Shep. I'll either answer it there. I will answer it on this show. I'll answer it in my newsletter, or I might answer it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV, and even on YouTube. Just go to www.beamazing.tv. It's time to get into our interview. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Shep. So, Prosper Stack is a uh, interesting company. You know, we're going to talk about the subscription model, as I alluded to, and I think the subscription model is one of the most powerful, good experiences a customer can have because they just pay a monthly fee, a quarterly fee, or whatever, and things just happen the way they're supposed to happen. But when the customer isn't happy or decides they don't want to subscribe anymore, they leave. And what your company does is it helps the company understand why the customer is leaving. Uh, just like companies like to onboard, you like to offboard properly and uh, gives the company the opportunity to figure out, well, if something went wrong, is this something that happens again and again? What can we do to fix it, mitigate it, make it better for future customers? I think I'm on the right track with this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. And I, I mean, I think a lot of companies put a, a lot of stock into onboarding customers and the tail end of the life cycle, the offboarding experience tends to get ignored. So we're here to, to help change that and help show that it's actually a point where you can even retain customers and give them a great experience. I love that. So that, that by the way, is another piece of it all. And I think we're going to get into that is that as a customer is properly offboarded, that doesn't mean they're definitely leaving. Mm -hmm. In their mind, they may be. Okay. But if you do it right, you might be able to get them to come back. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about, um, I know in the subscription world, customer experience needs to be top notch, but typically in the subscription world, there's no interaction between the customer and humans uh, in that company. Uh, so how can customer experience be top notch in a company that is typically subscription-based? You go online, it's a digital experience. Help me here. Yeah, yeah. And and having a pure digital experience a lot of times is price-driven. So 
if you're charging five, 10, 20, even $50 for a product, it's really hard to justify that kind of one-to-one human interaction. So you have to figure out ways to differentiate, you know, during that, uh, that interaction and, you know, consumer truth is consumers have so many choices these days. Um, so you, you can't just say, well, it's, it's, it's too, it's not expensive enough. So therefore I can't give them that, but there's other companies that have emerged. There's, you know, data being passed around through all sorts of different systems where you can create automated scalable experiences that still have that personalized touch. Um, and that's really what you need to do to differentiate uh, these days between, you know, yourself and and the 10 other people that are doing something similar to what you're doing. So I think the the line we need to look at is today we're in a digital world. And what you just said is there's plenty of automated opportunities to still make a customer feel like they're being personally taken care of. I know I paraphrase that a bit, but yeah, um, yeah I think uh, that's a tweetable line right there. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely it's a good way to sum it. You probably did said it better than I could. <laughs> well, I don't know, but we're going to attribute it to you. How's that? Oh, I'm going to tweet great. it out <laughs> and I'm going to put your name next to it. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, so tell me uh, what, who, what companies are doing it right uh, in your opinion? Wow. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of um, interest out there. Uh, some that stick out. I mean, even, even at a really large scale, you know, I think of the interactions that I've had with Amazon, right. You don't, you don't ever talk to someone at Amazon. You don't ever, you know, really get a live person on the phone, but the experiences when you actually do try to reach out and have an issue or, or, you know, try to cancel something that you've ordered is, is it's an automated system, but it's top notch in the experience you get. And it's very personalized to what you're doing. So I think that's, you know, just kind of shows like they've become the retail giant they are because of, of the service that they've provided. To and they're a subscription company as well. Yeah, uh, Prime, A lot yeah. of the people that do business with them aren't subscribers, aren't members of their mm-hmm. program, but it's a subscription model. And that, by the way, is real important to the sustainability of that company and their ability to keep shipping prices down, if not even free. Although you do pay for the privilege of getting free shipping. So it's really mm-hmm. totally free. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was working with some folks over at Salesforce and they were working with Netflix and Netflix is a, a subscription model. I mean, you pay an mm-hmm. X number of dollars a month and you get to watch TV and movies and shows and it's really a wonderful product. And they have figured out to the minute what happens when the customer gets to a point uh, where they aren't watching enough. And they decide they're going to churn out or they're going to leave the subscription, you know, drop mm-hmm. it. Um, how many companies have gone to that level to understand the uh, the warning signs to to uh, a customer potentially leaving? Yeah, that's it's a great question. And, and in my experience, the answer is, you know, very few um, because it, it takes a company with the resources like a Netflix or like an Amazon to really invest and give that world class experience to their customers and they've gotten there for that reason. So the challenge that, you know, the small to mid-size enterprise, sorry, small to mid-end market has is that they don't have the funds or the resources or the means to create that sort of um, automated process on their own. So they have to look to, you know, other emerging tech companies, software companies that are coming out with solutions to hopefully give them that that sort of enterprise level um, experience to their customer without having to build everything on their own because they're much more focused on, you know, I need to improve my product. I can't just spend all the time in the world on on trying to figure out exactly when people leave. A lot of times they're more focused on acquisition at that point than they are um, on retention, where now Netflix has definitely shifted more to that retention type model. 
Oh, no kidding. I mean, if you've been reading uh, what's been happening is Netflix has been losing subscribers for the first time, uh, where now it's more important than ever. And by the way, their automated process looks at it this way. I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but let's say that we know that if somebody watches at least two hours of programming on Netflix a month, they're likely to subscribe. However, in an hour and 59 minutes, the likelihood that they'll churn out, that they'll want to drop the subscription increases whatever substantially and, and and it goes from there so they look for those warning signs and then they start hitting the customer the subscriber with what appears to be personalized messages which by the way is one of the things that netflix does they watch what you watch and then they make mm-hmm. recommendations and so they start to hit you with recommendations via email not just when you log on to the netflix platform and next thing you know you're going wow these guys have got me interested again and they bring me back into the fold. Yep. And, and that's a lot of things that we even try to talk about with our clients when we work with them one-on-one is, is we what what sort of things and events can we identify in your in your product or whether it's an amount of time that they've been a customer. And we can leverage those data points to give them a better offboarding experience that speaks to like if they have been, you know, for example, like if a company comes and says, they say, hey, Tony, if we can keep this person for six months, we know they're going to be with us for years and years to come. Versus if, if we can't get them to that value point within that first six months, we know they're going to churn prior to that. So that's going to influence how aggressive they might be in, during the offboarding process to actually try to retain them as a customer. And those are data points that we can help leverage to, to escalate offers or, or you know, incentives or services at that point in order to keep them as a, as a paying customer and get them past that six-month mark, for example. So I see this being important to companies that are not even thinking about the subscription model, although I believe every company needs to figure out how to create a subscription model for their customers. Another story, another time, We maybe we have yeah. time at the end of this show to talk about that. But the way you're talking about how you offboard them, how you let them go, how that walking out the door, what can we do to stop them? When we come back after a break in just a moment or two, I want to talk specifically about proper offboarding. We do everything we can to onboard them and get them to love us on the front end. What are we doing on offboarding? But I want to talk about an incident that happened probably five years ago that I'll bet you remember, and many of our listeners will remember it as well. And if you don't, the short version is somebody called their cable or internet provider to disconnect, churn out, if you will. They weren't interested anymore. And the salesperson, or customer support person, whatever you want to call that person on the phone who worked for the company, mm-hmm. refused to let them off easily. <laughs> they kept saying, well, why do you want to drop? Doesn't matter. I just want to drop. Well, you need to tell me or I can't drop you. What do you mean you can't drop me? I don't want to pay you. And this goes on and on to the point where, and I'm not going to mention the company. Uh, if you know mm-hmm. it, you know it, but let's not mention it because I actually like the company and I like the way they figured out how to handle it. But anyway, um, this customer recorded the conversation eventually turned on the recorder and started playing it and it went viral. I remember getting a call from an agency saying, where are you right now? I was taking the day off. I was sitting with my friends, uh, business people. We're talking business around a pool. I put on a t-shirt and a sport jacket. I went inside, turned on my computer and I went on NBC and Fox News that night in order to comment about what was going on. (laughs) So I would love your take about uh, like, it, would you call that, do you know which incident I'm talking about, by the way? Um, I, I don't know if I remember the specific company, but I remember that that call going viral and, and listening to it, I believe. Yes. This customer was on the next day. They were on the Today Show, the morning show for the next week or two. And it was, it was a debacle. Um, and so uh, 
I just, it, you've got to do it right and you got to make it easy. And do you ever want a customer to walk out of your business, leaving you thinking, man, that last experience was the worst. Yeah. And, and I would say absolutely not. And, and this is kind of a topic that I've, I've written about and talked about a little bit elsewhere as well. But when I look at that, I, I think of like the peak end rule concept. Yes. Um, where, where your customers, you know, are, are really judging you at the, not, not at the peak of, of when they, they actually liked you and they were a happy customer, you know, all the good things that happened prior to that sort of breakup, right? They're, they're remembering that breakup in a much higher degree and, and leaving that long, longer lasting imprint in their minds. Um, so if you're leaving that bad taste in your mouth, you know, that's not only just impacting that customer, it's going to impact what that customer says to their friends and their, and their network. And it's just doing damage, you know, compounding amounts of damage by, by having that sort of experience. And interestingly enough, in the last year or so, really about a year ago, there's a lot of industries that are, the FTC is actually cracking down on those sort of, you know, they call, they call them like deceitful practices um, where, you know, they make it nice and easy to sign up nice and easy to, to get going and be a happy customer. But when it comes to cancellation, you're forced to go down to all sorts of different crazy rabbit holes, call in this number, call in that number. But the general rule and the, and the, and the guidance going forward is that if you are able to sign up online, you need to be able to cancel in a manner, which is just as easy as what you signed up on. And, and I think that's a good change. I think that's the thing that industries are taking note of. And a lot of industries that traditionally were call center based are having to now adapt and change that if they want to start acquiring customers and automated online. Um, pathways. And I think that uh, to that point, if you, if a customer decides to go online to cancel their subscription, there's no reason why they can't get a phone call from somebody in retention after Mm -hmm. they've canceled. uh, And the system would probably allow them to continue if they, they stayed on within a certain period of time. But here's the, the lesson that I think you're pushing. And that is no matter what, end strong and positive, no Mm -hmm. matter what the problems were and the issues were always apologize. The customer doesn't have to be right. You can still make them feel like they're right and give them, let them be wrong with dignity and respect and let them out of the contract, out of the subscription easily. When we come back after our break, we're going to continue this conversation. And I want to talk about, you know, you've, you've hinted about this easy offboarding experience. I think this Mm -hmm. ties to any type of company, even if they don't have a subscription, when your customer leaves, let's do it right. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about flexibility. I've got several other ideas that we can hit on if we have time for it. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are talking with Tony Sternberg, the CEO of Prosper Stack. Do not go away. We're coming right back after this word from our sponsor, which might be me this month. I'm not sure, but we'll be right back. (laughs) Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Tony Sternberg of ProsperStack on how to properly off-board your customers. And Tony's business is primarily subscription-based, but as I mentioned just before we broke, I think this is appropriate for any type of business that's losing a customer. How they exit is really important to your reputation, to the potential of getting them back in the door. And uh, let's talk about that. So how do you properly offboard beyond what we've already yeah. talked about? Sure. Yeah. And and I know we've started kind of branching into this um, with a lot of industries still kind of being more traditional in the sense of you have to call in to cancel. So number one, first and foremost, I'm a big advocate, and this is the way everything's heading with the guidance we just talked about is to self-service and to self-service cancellation. Um, pretty much you can buy anything these days without having to talk to someone, you know, maybe say for like high level B2B software or something like that. But in order to have that experience in the front end, you, you deserve to have that experience in the back end. And I think companies were traditionally afraid to do this because they're worried that, um, you know, a machine or uh, an experience that they build in some sort of automated way is not going to have the same personalized touch as, as a person. And, you know, I think to some extent that that's actually not true because, you can make sure that that, cons- that that experience is always consistent. Whereas with the person, it, it might vary from experience to experience. You know, you might have a really great rep that gives the best experience forever, or you might get that rep that you talked about that just said, no, I'm not going to let you cancel unless you tell me what I'm asking you. Um, and what I've found too, is that consumers are more than happy to provide feedback. And, you, and in fact, you're probably going to get more honest feedback when they don't have to have someone on the other end that they're talking to. So we, number one, for a good offboarding, I'm, again, I'm a big proponent of, of like any sort of self-service and then once you get in there, there's kind of a sweet spot of like how intrusive you want to be in that cancellation process and how, but balancing out how much data you're trying to get as well. So, you know, in our recommendation where we say like, you know, three to five steps, something like that in, in there to, to really offboard somebody and make sure you're asking key questions. What's the main reason why someone's leaving? Ask for open-ended feedback to just to help you improve your product or service down the line. And then if there's an opportunity that says, you know, hey, this customer has been around this long or they're leaving because of this reason and I can give them some sort of incentive and an alternative to stay, you know, put that forward in, in a, in a non-aggressive way that just lets them make the choice. So you're always having the, you know, the power back in the consumer's hands and the buyer's hands and let them make the best decision that's right for them. Because sometimes it might just be that, hey, I'm, I'm in, a, in, a, in like a tough spot temporarily here. I like your product and service and, but, and I'd like to come back, but maybe you just let them use it for free for a couple months to help them get through that kind of tough point or whatever it might be, you're going to have a customer for life at that point because yeah. they, if they felt like you were loyal to them, right? You know, I've got to tell you, I, you're making me, you made me think of something. I don't know why this drives me crazy. And it especially happens in the subscription world. And when I say subscription, even internet and cable providers, that's a subscription. It's a monthly fee. Yep. Your electric bill was a monthly fee. Um, I can't stand when whether it doesn't matter, you can use any company and you know, the kind of companies I'm talking about, you know, your, your, your mobile phone companies, your internet providers, uh, any, anything, uh, um, your, your streaming music companies that charge you. And then you, and they, they give you this great incentive to join low price and you mm-hmm. stay in for a while. And then you decide you don't want it anymore. And the first thing they do is they drop you back to your original price. So I've learned to play the game that at the end of an annual subscription, when the price goes up to call them and tell them I'm leaving, simply because I know that they won't let me leave. They will give me the original price that I had. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel it's a little bit of a bait and switch. There's two reasons why I feel that way. Number one is like, okay, I get it, promotional offer. But 
what are you doing for the customers that have been with you for years? Are you giving them any incentive to want to, are they feeling the love that you're giving somebody who's never done business with you before? That's right. part of what my frustration is. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes even just myself as a consumer to an internet company, like I see new promotions all the time and I don't mind if it's like a three month or a six month introductory rate. I kind of think back I'm like, okay, I probably had that too. But now I see a lot of like lifetime deals being advertised where they're advertising new customers to come in. I've been there for years and years and they're undercutting me and saying it's a locked in price for life. But when I call up and ask for that, you know, they're not giving it to me. And I think the internet's in a unique situation because there's usually not a ton of competition depending on where you live. You're lucky but if there's two or what, three. Yeah, right. If there's a couple options and, you know, maybe the other one's just not as good either, but so they, you're kind of stuck, but it doesn't, you know, leave that, you know, that good feeling, you know, in, in that interaction with them when, when they're willing to, you know, give someone a better deal than you when you're a perfectly loyal and good customer that really never, they have a problem, they never have a problem with, right? Right. And there's a big difference between, um, having to leave for whatever reason and wanting to leave because you're unhappy, you know, and uh, our companies need to figure that out. So uh, that kind of ties into the idea of being flexible. Um, and uh, by the way, I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but the squeaky wheel gets the oil. I don't think is a good strategy. If the only people that are getting that lower price after they've been with you for a while are the ones that complain, you know, you should take care of all customers. Now all customers are not equal, but mm -hmm. all customers should be treated with with equality. Yeah, yeah, no, and and to your point, I, I think some business models are built around the whole idea of let's get people in at low price. We know that a certain amount of people won't complain and once, and they won't even notice that their bill goes up. But then if they call in, we'll we'll get them back down to um, you know that that lower level again because they just they're just kind of relying on people forgetting about stuff in order to make money and. Um, I think, you know, those are more of the traditional industries. Sometimes that we talk about with like, you know, internet providers and such, but I think overall subscription markets as a whole, um, you know, aren't reflective of that. I think there's just exceptions to people's needs change, their, their wants change, their ability to pay certain amounts change and offering them alternatives and, and a great experience. You know, when that does happen is, is something that should be welcomed by every, you know, every kind of business model, in my opinion. Now, now, I don't know if you have this information or not, but I wonder if uh, you have any insight into subscription fatigue, where all of a sudden somebody looks at their credit card bill and realizes, oh my gosh, I'm look at how many monthly subscriptions I have. Any insight or thoughts or data on that? Yeah, I'm not, I don't have any specific data points, but I can tell you that I have noticed that that myself and I, and I see that with products emerging out there and, um, you know, there, I think there's probably like, you know, a lot of people, you know, maybe on a new year's resolution type thing say, all right, we're going to get my finances in order. And I just going to start looking at all my subscriptions I have because people get lost in, you know, how many box companies they're subscribing to or gym memberships they have or Netflix subscriptions and things like that. So then there's actually dedicated software out there now. And I see it advertised all the time. So something that I've seen is like Truebill where you can just, it'll actually connect to all your, your, your finances and, and spit out a list of all the subscriptions that you're that you're spending money on right now to help you identify ways to, to reduce that. And on the other hand, there's companies like Peloton that charges me $44 a month. And when I realized I didn't get on my Peloton enough, I go, I need to get my money's worth out of this. <laughs> I don't oh, want to yeah. drop them. I have no interest in dropping them. I have interest in getting as much as I can out of them. Yeah. And, and Shep, I'm in the same boat. I, I see that charge every month. And, and unfortunately, I, I don't get on there nearly as much as I should. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where if you cancel, you've given up on, on yourself to some degree, right? So right, you, right. And you I keep feel that, that one way, all the time. you know, um, and and so I, I would love it if, it, and by the way, maybe somebody from Peloton is listening to this. 
it would be really cool if they noticed that I disappeared for four or six weeks. And by the way, this is so important. To, I wrote this book, uh, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. And I wrote that the most important measurement is behavior. And if there is a way to track whether your customer is using your product or not, similar to the way Netflix, we talked about this earlier, knows almost to the minute, if they don't get past that, that they risk losing that customer. I think that if Peloton were to notice that in the last month or six weeks, I might not have been on, Maybe they reach out and say, hey, what's going on? You okay? Is is there a health issue we need to be worried about? We want to, we want to, we're here for your health, not just mm-hmm. our, you know, company health. And yep. I, I might be endeared to that company. And by the way, Peloton to me is a great company. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I hope this comes across as me loving them. And it's just an idea. Uh, that'd be really cool because I think the best companies are able to track cadence of their customers to determine whether or not they're getting the most use out of it so that we can make sure the customer keeps coming back again and again. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I, and I don't think you came off as anti-Peloton there. I think we're both fans. So. <laughs> oh, good, good. All right. My yeah. last question, I ask it at the end of every show. One last comment, one last nugget of wisdom from the expert, the CEO of the company, Prosper Stack. What yeah. is that last nugget of wisdom you want to leave us with today? Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, I've, I've been in the SaaS and subscription market for probably about 15 years now, and and I've seen a lot of change come through, and and a lot, all the focus now in the last, you know, several years, and some of the things we talked about today is on retention and really the only way to differentiate yourself at this point in time, because features are temporary. Everyone can catch up in a matter of weeks or months and things like that is really differentiating based on the customer experience and the way you treat your customers. So if you have a customer obsessed mindset, a customer centric um, philosophy built baked into your company, and that starts from the top down. um, I know you talk about some things uh, on your website and, and in the books you've written about like the awesome responsibility, like that is absolutely true. And, you need to treat every interaction, you know, with the customer and have all of your employee, employees buy into that as well. Like it's going to have the best impression that you, you know, to leave them with the best impression possible, because that's just going to resonate through them and their network and everyone else. And I, and I just can't emphasize enough that in my mind, that's the only way you can really differentiate and succeed in today's world. Right. Love it. Love it. And again, I want to emphasize that even though your, your background, your business is all about the subscription model, everything we talked about today works for any type of business, regardless of their, the, whether it's subscription or traditional revenue models. This has been solid gold information. Tony, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, Shep. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.